why are you involved in space? What matters to you about that? And find the audience that matches that message. I think that's the best thing that you can do. Hey, Space Watchers. This is Space Cafe Radio, your channel about trends, great people and awesome conferences. I'm Kara Monter, event coordinator in our Space Watch global team. This is another episode of our ISU Space Studies program series, live from Oeiras, Portugal. The Space Studies program, or SSP, is a unique and intense two-month professional development course for postgraduate students and professionals of all disciplines. At the SSP 22, I had the pleasure of talking to Neve Shaw, Irish award-winning communicator, writer, and explorer of space activities. In our talk, we delved into the topic of space communication. Is enough being done? What needs to change? And what advice does she have for space communicators starting out in this field? To find out Neve's answers to these very pressing questions, keep listening and enjoy our conversation. It's really wonderful to be here with you. I pronounce your name Neve, right? Neve Shaw. Wonderful. Because that's a tough one for people outside of Ireland. That's good. Yes, uh, I've worked together with a lot of Irish people. So Aoife, Saoirse, Neve. <laughs> I did my internship at the Office of Astronomy for Development in Leiden in the Netherlands. And there are quite a few Irish people there in the team as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you listened. You listened. So thank you for that. <laughs> Welcome. So it's wonderful to sit here with you again. You've already been on our podcast with Markus Moslechner, yeah. uh, which was a great conversation. And in the meantime, so much has happened. I also read you got an ESA Champions yeah. Award. Yeah, I'm really proud of that. And I didn't, I, it, they just contacted me one day and said, by the way, you've been selected. And I, I remember hearing about it. I didn't do anything about it. And so they went through, they took the initiative themselves to trawl through people's social media accounts and stuff and anything that they'd published. And yeah, I got an award for my work in education. It's lovely. And it's this new scheme that they've started. And it's to recognize the work that people do. People who are passionate about space in helping them basically get the message out about what ESA stands for, what its priorities are and their values. You work in communications and I'm always trying to reach the audiences that don't feel space is for them. A lot of the time, the space community wouldn't necessarily know what I'm doing because they don't really need to know. It's the people on the ground that need to know. And so for them to go, we see you and we recognize you and we want to say thank you. It was, it was lovely. It was just really nice. And it meant a lot because I've been working on it for full time now for eight years. I've been working on the same kind of remit. So it was nice, very nice to be acknowledged. Wonderful. Congratulations. And all the work you're doing is amazing. I also really like the sentiment that you say you really try to go outside of our space bubble and reach those people. Maybe to that, what is something that we, as members of the space bubble, as a space community, what should we improve on when it comes to this kind of communication? Do you have certain points where you think this is really something that needs to change? Yeah, it's very easy to get up in a room full of people that are already engaged in space and talk about space. It's really easy. And you go into schools, it's really easy. But something changes for people around about the age from about 11 to 13 or 14, where doubt starts to set in and people start to make life choices based on what's normal around them. I feel it's very important for us to bring the general public into the space arena, for want of a better word, to tell them about space. So it isn't just about smash bang wallop, space is amazing. It's very easy to do that with kids. It's about getting the people who feel that space isn't for them. So they're the parents and they're the support structures. 
and they're the everyday people that are reading newspapers and every time they see something about space, they'll just go, oh, that's not for me. So we have to help them look at that and go, oh, that is for me. And so I think that's where you make really lasting and effective change. And that's how you really change the lives of those children in the classroom. It's a tougher job because you're you're not going to get the same reaction from them, but you've got to listen and figure out what is it about space that's relevant to them and start there. So you mean to really focus on what is important for their lives and show them how space is then applicable to that? Yeah, yeah very much. And But you have to start the conversation in a way that it's not intimidating, it doesn't feel elitist or exclusive, so the words you use, how those conversations start. And because I'm on my own personal quest, I find it a really great way to start that conversation because they're just naturally interested in me. And so we just start talking about me, but very soon we're talking about space and because they're asking questions. So I think the human way is a really simple way forward to bring people into the conversation. So that's what I've been doing for the last eight years. Oh, that's really wonderful. But do you have some advice maybe for other communicators in the space industry of, is this something that they should also take into consideration or are there other best practices where you think this is what we should be focusing on more? I think you've got to focus on the thing that matters most to you. So everybody is driven differently. So for me, the reason why this is important to me is because it took me so long to to allow myself to have a career in space. And that came about when I was 11 to kind of 13. I had no one around me that was reinforcing that a world involving space was available to me because I came from Ireland and there was at the time there didn't seem to be any activity in space as far as I could see. There was, of course, but I just couldn't see it. I didn't know about the existence of the European Space Agency. I thought everything happened just in NASA or Russia. So I didn't feel part of that conversation. And there was one degree in Limerick Aeronautical Engineering. And I don't know, I just got this idea that I just wouldn't be able for it. It just seemed to be too difficult for me. And there was no one around me telling me, that's not true. Yes, you can. I didn't meet an astronaut. I didn't go to the Kennedy Space Center or whatever. Because that happened to me, it's a big motivator for why I've approached space the way I have. So I think the only advice I would say is, why are you involved in space? What matters to you about that? And find the audience that matches that message. I think that's the best thing that you can do. Oh, that's really good advice. And also to hear your story, because I share a very similar sentiment, whereas I'm not going to become an engineer, but does that mean I cannot go into space? No, it doesn't. No, and I'm here now <laughs> with yeah. very different degrees as well. Yeah. But so that is something I also really love to share with people to say there's a world of opportunities. But so from what you're saying, does it also mean you tell your story, you find the people that, that resonates with, so then it's, you cannot always speak to everyone or Well, you have to pick, yeah, so you have to, exactly, you have to pick the people that you feel where the need is. And that's taken me a long time. And where I see the need is, it's the guardians of young children. Children don't need me. There are many people that have full-time careers in space science and engineering, and they've, they just turn up and they've got their amazing presentations about what their research is doing, and, and kids love it. And of course, I can do it, but it's, that's what their area is. I see the need being the people who have lost their way in STEM, And space is a great beginning back into STEM. So it's really reigniting people's curiosity. That's what I'm actually trying to do. And that's where I see the need. And I think older people are the people that I'm focusing on because I think they have a huge influence on what a child perceives to be as normal. If they're the people that are feeding them every day and they're sitting around the dinner table with them and they're deciding what's on TV, if you can influence them, then they're going to influence their kids. 
That is so true because so much with the nature versus nurture that what your parents show you and what your parents do has a big impact on your own life. But do you think that ESA or the EU are doing enough in terms of space communication or do you think there are certain aspects that could be built on further? I think they're doing okay. Like I'm working more and more with ESA education and I think they want to know how to do it better. But I think you have to... It's people like us that have to go out there and tell them where the need is because the need keeps changing. But they have a strategy for schools. That's fantastic because teachers are so happy to be given those supporting materials. But the biggest problem most people have is what happens to kids? Why do some people enter careers in science or STEM and others don't? And it is a big mystery. And the current research is that it's about the support structure and all these outside influences. So I guess that's where I can help. And it's not about what they're not doing. It's about, I think, as communicators... I think we should all be working together and uh, and trying to f focus on whatever audiences and stuff that we want. And there's no point keep to do the same thing all the time as what everybody else is doing. It's really important to be brave enough to take risks and to fail and to allow yourself make mistakes in order to figure out what your actual approach is and what it is that you do best that can serve the message of space best to society as communicators. That's what I think. And that's not easy because... You're going to get loads of gigs. People go, oh, yeah, we want you to visit a school. We want you to. And you can rock up to a school and it's the easiest gig ever. But that may not necessarily be where the need is because they're a captive audience, that they're the easy job. So talk to the people where you've got to convince them that space is important. Yeah, I think it's a very fair point because it's a bit more challenging to go where you're like, this will be hard. But all the more rewarding then if you see that yeah, there's the switch. You care. The thing is that if you have passion it changes people's perception of everything. So passion makes people want to listen. So that's why you can't fake it. So what is it about space that you're most passionate about? That's where you should focus your career in. And I feel if you're doing something because you think that's where everybody else is succeeding, you'll find that you probably won't succeed as well. But when you find the thing that you love, you're going to succeed the best there. The money will come and the accolades will come, but be brave to focus on the thing that you care most about. So a really wonderful message. I now have a bit of a question when it comes to especially a journalistic standpoint. So from the work that you've done and from your experience, do you think that like these journalistic values of really integrity are still on vogue, still in trend? Or is space also becoming or will it become much more click driven? When you say clickbait, you mean social media or you mean like they're just writing stuff in order to get traffic? I don't think they're doing it. I don't think they have to do that. I think that there's a captive audience anyway. I think it's about whether it's economically driven or ethically driven. That's That would be my thing. And I think this is why society needs to know more and more about what's happening. Because when we are entering into this new phase of space, which is very commercial, the priorities are very different from a government agency because a government agency is working on behalf of the public and it has to meet the criteria and it has to, lots of things have to be passed through in order for things to happen. It slows down the process, but most of the missions are rooted in very strong science or very strong values. When you have a commercial enterprise, a lot of the time, because of the huge investment in these companies, sometimes it's about the return on investment. That's where my concern is. And what that does is that drives me to make sure that more people need to know. Because the more people that know, then we have an opportunity to have an informed voice about what we want commercially, rather than something happening to us. And then 20 years time, we're going, oh, we didn't really want you to put people on Mars because now we've contaminated Mars or whatever. I don't know what it is. But 
So if everybody knows about it, we have a better chance of the commercial people, which are needed because they're able to do things more rapidly, but they need to know who they're serving. And if the public say, we don't want you doing this, we can push back and we can force them to do the right things more. But this element of being informed and knowing what is actually happening is vital for that. Vital. Vital. And also, we're in, a, we're in a society now where technology is everywhere. You've got satellites providing communication tools, satellites providing us information. And I think everybody needs to understand the whole business of satellites and, and force companies to have an end-of-life program that they're decommissioned properly and that satellites are, that they're contributing to society in some shape or form. So I'm an idealist. And I'm very much into equality and I'm probably somebody that really has very strong social and ethical values. So that's what I care about. So that's the message that I'm always trying to promote. This is very important stuff and I also will take this to heart, how I communicate as well. Now, we're here at the ISU SSP, definitely a big place for space education. There was actually recently, I think just this week, an article published that said that there's not enough space education available. What is your standpoint on this? What is, especially maybe looking at Europe, is there enough education for space? Should there be more? I think there are. There's lots of courses, but I think they're all very STEM-based. I don't think they're preparing enough for that rounded mindset that I think that ISU is particularly good at because I think you really need to have that for the same reasons that I just said, is that every time we deploy a science mission or a human mission, That is on behalf of the whole population of the world, because the second humans leave Earth, they're no longer from Ireland, they're no longer from Austria, they're no longer from Germany, they're from Earth. So there's nearly 8 billion people who you're now representing, and most of those people don't know that. So it's very important in all engineering and all science courses that there's an element of communication so that they know how to communicate to the public what they're doing, but that there are courses in ethics and humanities and and the wider issues and particularly the legal issues and the business issues as well around that. And I think there aren't enough courses with that rounded element to it because I think it's absolutely essential for the space sector. You have any job that you can have here on Earth, you find again in space. So it's very true. Yeah, but, but I think the difference is that you have to be very technically capable because every second you're off Earth, you can die if you don't know what you're doing. So you have to really know your stuff technically. So you have to be STEM engaged. You have to be STEM educated. But you also need to have a bigger understanding of the wider relevance of why we go to space and the enormous responsibility that you have as a human to be selected to go to space, the money that's been put into it. And so every decision that you make about your time up there, I think it should belong to as many of those 8 billion people as possible because they're ultimately paying for it. Yes, very true. It's been an absolute pleasure. Just before we finish, I'm curious, what are your next steps? What are your next projects that are coming up? I'm working in Ireland at the moment on working with very small communities of people who I've spent the last two years doing a lot of research in. I finished a course in Cambridge in science communication and I really upped my game and informing myself on a sociological level about science communication. And I'm trying things this year. I'm very much experimenting this year and I'm allowing myself fail. So I'm working with lots of different types of communities who are mostly ignored in terms of being given any opportunities for science education or STEM education and working with them and finding where the need is. So there's a lot of those projects and they're coming to an end later this year. And I'm based at the International Space University. My office is there. I have a lot of speaking events across Europe and um back to NASA for launches and stuff because I have my media visa now for the US 
So I will be doing that and ISA very kindly allow me go on any of their submissions now to the United States. So I'll be doing that and always with the human message and always with trying to convince philanthropists and people with loads of money, I hope you're listening, and, and space agencies that if they want to send a science communicator to space, that they should think of me for that job. That's what I want. Oh, wonderful. How could they not? Thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you want to stay on the pulse of space, visit our website, our mothership at www.spacewatch.global and subscribe to our newsletter. Don't forget to check out our full program of Space Cafe radios, where we offer interviews, insights, and editorial comments on the space sector. Thank you all very much for listening. And with that, I leave you for today. And don't forget, become a space watcher. Bye.